Welcome back to Troubleshooting Agile. Hi, Jeffrey. Hi, Squirrel. So we're in the middle of a series, and I think I've uh, forgotten where we are. So we, we had uh, three different items in a, a sort of checklist for finding missing conversations. Uh, where are we? Okay, we're in the middle point. So we're, we're, we've, we've covered alignment, and we're now on engagement. And next time we'll cover uh, felt permission for candor. But let's, let's get into engagement, um, which is the question of, do we have everyone involved in contributing to the effort? Um, very often, I find this is a is a is a very common um, symptom when I work with people that they say like not everyone is engaged. Um, this might be standups where <laughs> you know very few people speak, uh, or retro. You know, say we've tried retrospectives, but no one said anything. Um, uh, it's a case where I have frustration from founders uh, or executives saying, how come no one else ever has any ideas? Um, this, there's a lot of different ways this symptom can show up of, of, a, of a lack of engagement. Uh, how does that match with, with, your, with your practice? Absolutely. And, and one of my favorite questions to ask an engineering team specifically, but it really works for almost any team, is to ask them, uh, when's the last time you talked to a customer? And if individual engineers are not engaging with um, actual customers and their problems, then you're going to get all the symptoms that you know, that we just described. And in, in other teams, you might find that there are other elements of the business that uh, that, that, that team's not engaging with. I mean, salespeople are certainly going to be talking to customers, but they might not be engaged with the uh, um, financial goals of the company, or they might not be engaged with the engineers. So uh, you, you want to look for evidence that your uh, team members are uh, interacting with the relevant people and, and then using it. So it may be they're interacting but not making use of what they're learning, uh, or it could be they're uh, not interacting at all. Uh, I often find that both of those things are true. <laughs> yeah, there's it, there's many different ways that engagement can be uh, undercut, and and sometimes it's the you know the idea of like well we were our our voice isn't is doesn't matter or it's not our job like you know that the other people have the job of understanding clients and so it's our our job is just to deliver and just do what we're told and i think that sometimes can be um the, the mindset that people have which is why when i look at sort of the checklist for engagement i often start with a concept i came across from amy edmondson who's most known for her work on psychological safety. But she wrote up what I found to be a really interesting book called Teaming, How Organizations Learn, Innovate, and Compete in the Knowledge Economy. And she had a frame, uh, a, a part of that book where she described framing for, for leadership. And the idea was that it's if you want to have engagement of people, if you want them to be learning, then it, that has to be something that comes from leadership. And the framing was... Uh, uh, the kind of a, a model of we need to say that what we're facing is a difficult problem. And number one, you know, so you're bringing up, this is a challenge. you be clear on what the challenge is. Now we, we just talked about alignment last time. So hopefully if you've done that, you're, you're aware of what it is you're trying to accomplish and therefore what challenges you face. So it's like the invitation one, you, this is what we're trying to accomplish and it's difficult. And second, that means that we need all of you involved. Your voice is important. You are going to have a different perspective. You are going to see things we don't. Each of you in your different positions are going to have a unique knowledge that no one else can contribute. 
and therefore your voice is important to success of what we're going to accomplish and this invitation this framing for leadership this in invitation to engage i find to be just an essential part of getting the team realizing that they have something to contribute uh, and and it can make a, a huge difference by itself okay and how do you actually go about that? So uh, you, you've uh, made the invitation, you, you've um, uh, cre created the, um, the opportunity. What I often find is somebody will say, well, th thanks for the invitation. Um, not, not for me, thanks. Uh, that's, that's not my job. <laughs> I, I went into computers so I don't have to talk to people. So uh, can I please get back to my keyboard? <laughs> well, the, the what I often find is that if you have this, it's one thing to put that invitation out. You're right, it's, that's certainly not enough. Yeah, that's sort of like it's it's required uh, to move forward, but it's not sufficient. And and there is that kind of hesitance from people. Usually, what I see from that kind of hesitation, in part, is because people don't have a forum. They don't have a place where they can make their contribution. They're the the person at the at their laptop, you know, who who are working on code. They're not necessarily going to think, you know, hey, I'm going to pick up the phone and call a client. You know, they're not going to know necessarily how to do that. They don't know where Salesforce is. They don't know how to, what are the accounts that they would call. There's kind of a, a gap there. So I think that to follow up with this invitation is looking to see what kind of structure you can put in place to engage people. And this is sort of in the second half. You've kind of made the invitation. Second, you look for the appropriate structure. Now, you and I, Squirrel, we just did a, a series here about uh, anarchic planning. And I think that's what was an example of the kind of structures that can get people engaged. And we can talk about uh, things like open space or lean coffees. Um, and there's other other uh, literature out there that talk about structures that invite engagement, things that come to mind that there's a whole a website with a whole series of them uh, called Liberating Structures, which gives something like 35 different um, meeting formats that build engagement. And, and more generally, there's a, a, a whole uh, area of design thinking, which became popular a few years ago, and different design thinking workshop formats where you bring people together uh, to solve a joint problem, and they have structures that invite engagement. What's common for these different elements is they, they often have this idea of everyone speak in the room speaking. So they, they bring in a structure that allow people and in, invite and encourage them to speak by giving each of them designated time, which is very different than what happens in a, in a normal meeting where people without necessary skills in running meetings will tend to come in and say, you know, okay, here's the topic. Anyone have any ideas? And they just sort of are relying on people speaking up as opposed to putting a structure that helps aid people. And this gap of, um, leaders often not understanding all the, the literature out there, all the uh, available knowledge on the different structures ends up being an impediment uh, to putting a structure in place that supports engagement. At least that's what I often find. That what's, has a match with your experience. We, we have to give a, a huge warning here, which is that uh, there, there's a very great tendency to do the safe thing, to do the low risk thing. And the low risk thing is to say, okay, we're going to use stru um, structure number 42 from the list of uh, 500 different structures. And by that <laughs> means, we're going to magically create engagement. So that'll solve everything. Uh, it's the same as if you just say, well, I'm going to adopt Scrum and be agile and, and suddenly I'll get more software done. N none of this works. So the point of our series here is to help our listeners uh, discover where they need difficult conversations. 
And the difficult conversation here is uh, exactly about the um, expectation that people in your team are going to engage. You can give them all the invitations and all the structures and all the opportunities you want, but what they need to hear from you is that you expect and will evaluate them on their engagement. And my favorite example of this is where I had this very uh, um, crusty, difficult um, computer was his best friend kind of uh, system administrator. And uh, I put him on the customer service phones. And it happened <laughs> that our that our customers were 10-year-olds. And right. so um, uh, he, he became a, a completely different human when he got on the phone to these actual kids because he could solve problems for them. We were helping them with their money. So we actually had um, debit cards for them and so on. This is a little more common today, but back then it was uh, really radical. And uh, the, he'd have a, a crying child at Kentucky Fried Chicken who couldn't eat lunch. And uh, he would be able to solve something in the database so that that kid could actually eat. And uh, boy, that made a, a huge difference and, uh, and engaged him like you would never believe. Now, you may or may not have that specific success, but uh, I didn't get there simply by saying it's your turn to take phone calls. Right. <laughs> I had a conversation with him about my expectations and about how he would behave differently than he did, say, in our internal meetings with 10-year-olds. And guess what? He did. So uh, it's not always that successful, but it's not going to be successful if you merely say, uh, here, here, we're having this type of meeting, and therefore, you're all going to engage. Right. That, that's, that's a great point. And it, this goes back in part, and I love your example of the difficult conversation there. One other element that I think is really important, anytime you're adopting these um, different formats, as you put it, the structure doesn't, isn't the solution. It, it's kind of, it's, it's the start. And we mentioned in the first episode about this, we said, look, you're going to have to have practice, which means you're going to build skills over time. Um, odds are, if you have not deliberately practiced how to have these kind of meetings in the past, if you've not gone through the learning curve, the first time you go into something um, you know, that you've read off of Liberty Instructors, or the first time you try a design thinking workshop, it's probably going to be pretty rough, right? It's going to be, it's not going to go well because it turns out, meeting facilitation is a skill and learning how to use a certain format effectively is a skill that you need to build. Now, I think the, what I, the, the anti-pattern I see here is people say, oh yeah, that meeting style, it doesn't work. You know, we, we tried it, <laughs> we, we got everyone in the room, you know, we gave everyone their, uh, uh, you know, whiteboard pens and then, you know, nothing happened. So these 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 structures that you're talking about, these invitations to to participate, even if you go you scroll, even if I I went and told them that I was going to review them on them, and nothing happened. So you know what this this stuff you're saying it, it doesn't work. That's where I come back and say no. We we have really good evidence this stuff works. This might be uh, the difficult part here. Might be your lack of skill in doing it, or who maybe the manager whose job it is to help organize a team their lack of skill at running collaborative meetings with high engagement. And one of the crucial things is you don't just have the meeting and you don't just set up the structure. There's conversations that happen beforehand. Yes. And, and after, how did that go? Oh, certainly. How could it be better? How do we, how do we make this better next time? There's a, there's a, a, a one of these kind of protocols I really like is something called the perfection game from a, a list of called the pro, core, uh, core protocols, where it says, you know, what's the change that we could make and how much better would it make it? 
and uh, it can be a, an example of a positive engagement. And uh, it's in that sense, you kind of get the wheel turning. People are often, uh, who've just gone through a meeting that wasn't as good as they would like, often have specific ideas that could make it better next time. And that engagement <laughs> in making it better helps uh, build engagement for that next meeting. There we go. Okay. So uh, don't just set up structures, but do set up structures, but do also have conversations. I hope our listeners followed all that. If you didn't, then uh, there's actually a, a great way to uh, clarify or to disagree with us or to bring up something that you'd like us to talk about next time. And that is to get in touch with us via agileconversations.com. Because on there is Twitter or X and um, email and, I don't know, Instagram or TikTok or whatever we're on <laughs> these days. I can't keep track. So uh, uh, you can get in touch with us there and we'd sure like it. There's also our book and free videos and free material on having difficult conversations and 300 broad podcast episodes and lots of other things. So we'd love to see you over there at agileconversations.com as well as next time for our, uh, I think, final installment in this series on finding the difficult conversations. That'll be next week on the next edition of Troubleshooting Agile. Thanks, Jeffrey. Thanks, Carl. <laughs>